Fitness Pro Mentors community, hello. Welcome to the Minds on Muscle show with your hosts, Brandon and Glenn. Fitness Pro Mentors, we're committed to helping personal trainers like you 2 to 3x their in-person practice so you can have more time, more freedom, and frankly, retire one day but have an amazing career in the process. But today, Minds on Muscle show, your fitness MBA, we're going to talk about retention and how this entire process starts at the very beginning of the relationship and everything you do in between. Glenn, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. I could not rather be anywhere else right now at 10 a.m. on my 36th birthday. So, it's your birthday today? It's my birthday today. Oh my gosh, we play this again. I know. Happy birthday, Glenn. Okay, what did you just do? I just played the music again. You can't hear it, but oh, we're I saying happy this. birthday to Glenn. Fantastic. I didn't know that. Hey, I suck. Happy birthday to you. You know what? I It's one of the things I, am, I used to always never talk about my birthday because I didn't want that kind of attention. And I realized at one point that was like some weird identity rule stuff. Like I just was uncomfortable with having people say, hey, good to have you around in my life. But now I feel much better about that kind of stuff. So I wanted to, as weird as it sounds, actually put that out there for today. So happy birthday to me. But more important, let's talk about how we can keep giving gifts to you. Talk about how you can keep building the best business of your life. We'll tell you what. We'll finish this episode by singing happy birthday to Glenn. We will not. We will. But <laughs> no, we won't. Um, today, we're going to talk about retention. And I think it's, in my opinion, one of the most important conversations. And I, I have one thing. We did a study group for our mentorship program about a week and a half ago on this particular topic. And I think... There's an important element when we start talking about retention and keeping your business. I think it's a great comparison. Many of you here have taken, like me and Glenn, the resistance training specialist program through Tom Purvis. And I'm constantly reminded when I review that, that material through Tom and talking with my friend Charlie and many other people who are people who've taken that program and embodied some of the principles is that every single exercise in that program is talked about how every exercise is also an assessment every movement every conversation everything you do within every single session is an assessment and i think that's such a powerful thing because if we learn the nuances of every single exercise and i promise this is going somewhere businessy we learn the nuance of every exercise and we learn about the mechanics of motions and positions and resistance and time and effort over appropriateness times and tension and resist restraint and support and all this stuff when Glenn is doing an exercise and he says, I'm feeling this today, we know enough about the kinematics of the body, the joint structures and the physics that we can modify the profile, the positions, and ultimately pivot in that day to continue to achieve the ultimate goal of helping this person achieve their exercise goals, their body goals. And that can be different. It can be an emotional fundamental objective. It can be a composition thing. It could be a muscle thing, whatever it is. We can always pivot to help that person achieve that Cool. Well, I'd like to bring this back, this idea of every single exercise as an assessment to the idea, taking that RTS idea, that every single session is a re relationship reassessment. And I think we have to embody this if you want to retain clients. One of our students told me, which I thought was an incredible statistic, that people who have already purchased your service are seven times more likely to stay with you than you are to find a brand new person. So once someone enters into our world, it would behoove us to not lose these people, to keep them in our world. Every single relationship, every single little word the person says, the results they're getting, their experience with the exercise you're doing, the experience with the facility, the comments they say about other trainers in your facility, the music you're playing, how dirty it is, how clean it is, everything, everything they say is an opportunity for you to try and figure out where they're coming from and customize your language in the environment and everything else to support that relationship for the one common goal of helping them 
with their fundamental objectives. And ultimately, that's the reason why learning how to retain and have these kind of like intra-session sales conversations, so to speak, and conversation nuances and stroke reverse nurtures and problem solving and diffusing client bombs like we've talked about in the past are all so key because people will say one small thing in a session. Boy, this is getting expensive, but I love it. And they've said something and we go, yeah, yeah, no, and we blow past it. But all those words are keys for us to try and identify where they're coming from and figure out what to do next. So I'm excited about this. So I want to throw that out there. Every single session is an opportunity to reassess the relationship. So Glenn, what do you think about that? Is that crazy? Well, no, I, I think it's, I think it's great that we started there and that you put that out there. And I actually going to, if it's okay, I'm going to jump on your first, first point that you, what we have in our notes here, which is the devil's in the details. Are you okay with that? Yeah. So the great British, um, the great Britain, uh, cycling team, right? Uh, tour de France kind of guys. They have been over the past 10 years, slowly getting better and better, improving more and more. And they brought in this coach and this guy onto their team who is obsessed with details. And this guy went through all the small little things that they could possibly do to improve the cycling speed of their cyclists. They had them try on different kinds of fabrics of cycling, different weights of bikes, different materials of bikes, different gear setups, different everything, small little details, just to shave off no more than 0.5% of their speed and their time. Now that might not seem like a lot, and that might seem like, like a very, very small percentage, but in the world of cycling, that 0.5% that they shaved off over 10 years, that makes a huge difference in their ability to perform well, to place, to win medals, to get gold, all that kind of stuff. And really, what that kind of illustrates is the importance of being almost maniacal with the details. Not maniacal in the sense that like you're actually going crazy and like you're being overbearing with your clients, but paying attention to all those little details does add up. Brandon just talked about this thing where a client says, it's growing great, but it's getting expensive. I had this same thing happen to me literally yesterday with a client where um, you know, he's uh, getting later on in life and he was diagnosed with a, a fairly serious disease. It's very, very rare. It affects something like one in 500,000 people. And he made this comment to me in passing where he said, you know, like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm making the progress that I want to and it's starting to get expensive. I spent this much money on it. And I paid attention when I heard that and I listened to him. And, you know, we had to have a, a conversation about what to do next. But being able to understand that the devil is in the details, I heard what he was saying. I said to him, listen, I've got an idea. I know it's getting expensive right now. I think you're doing great work. You know, I, we had talked about this being a long-term process to, be, to begin with, and I get that the costs are adding up. What if we could find a way to have you start exercising on your own so you see me less frequently? You get a gym membership in here. I can help you start learning how to set the machines more so that you can come to your own workout a few times a week and then we can touch base every other week to make sure you're moving in the right direction. He's like, you know what, Glenn? I think that might be a much better idea. Are you okay if we begin to talk about that? I said, sure, I'll have something for you on Wednesday. We can put aside 50 minutes after our session to discuss that. And so knowing that I have a destination for this client, but picking up on those little details is gonna give me the opportunity to, instead of having this client potentially leave, have him not reach his goals, have him not feel his best and potentially regress with this, this very rare disease, we're now finding a way to make this a win-win so we can continue getting better and feeling like he's getting the most bang for his buck and his value. And that wouldn't have been possible if we weren't paying attention to those details and if we weren't trying to make everything else that we're going to be talking about in today's podcast really count and really, really matter and, and optimize it. 
uh, we were talking, I was talking to one of our students about this exact same thing during the retention conversation we had. And I think what you did, I mean, you have to be like Glenn saying, you don't want to get obsessed with the details, but what you have to be doing is you have to be listening because you'll find that people will say that one small thing. And if you take that British racing team and they do that 0.005% increase or whatever, like that small amount, but they're working on that small increase, that little, little detail. It's that they know that that little point, whatever percent is where there's going to be a game changing moment. And this client, absolutely perfect example. There's something that I started talking about at the beginning um, of really opening this gym. And it's a mistake that I made and it was called don't choke the placeholder puppy. <laughs> and I think it's such a cheesy thing. But for me, and I don't know if you have this, is when I started growing my business, I would do everything I can to get grow my audience and convert them to clients. And in my opinion, if I got someone in my schedule on a placeholder time with a repeated sequence that we previously discussed twice a week, once a week, once every two weeks, whatever it was, I thought of it for a very short period of time. And I mean about 12 years ago, probably that it was like, yes, Tuesday at 11 o'clock every two weeks, check, good. Next, please. And that's kind of a facetious way of looking at it, but I found it such to be like, that's what I was trying to do is fill out my schedule, get these people into it. And I looked at it, getting the placeholder people anchored in my schedule. And then once they were in there, that would be it. But what ends up happening? If you're not consistently working on making sure you're providing long-term value, but at the same time, the client knows exactly when the reassessment in, or so to speak in more business language, when the sales cycle is having another conversation or where the contract is up for discussion, if there's no end in sight, people will just fizzle and slowly disappear. And some of you may hear this and go, that's not going to happen. I've had people forever. I'll tell you, it's going to happen because ultimately everyone is paying you for a specific perceived value. And that value is based off of an outcome, be it health, money, relationship, time, less pain, more pain, probably not more pain, whatever it is, you're working towards this place. And if along the way, it doesn't feel like to them or what you've talked about is not going that direction as fast as they want, you need to either discuss that, have a conversation about that or reassess. This is where I love talking about the idea of a sales cycle. And I think it's interesting. In most training gyms, most places you go to personal training, what do they do? They say, hey, Glenn, welcome to the gym. I'd like to say some personal training. Here is a year-long package, mm -hmm. right? That year-long package is an amount of sessions and time, and there's an amount of specific promises that are shared within that year-long sales cycle. Great. But that also means at the end of the year, you're at the end of a sales cycle, which means there's an opportunity for renewal, so to speak. In my opinion, if you want to keep people forever, the devil's in the details, you need to be having these conversations. You need to be, as soon as someone comes in for the initial session and they give you their fundamental objectives, they give you some money, they commit to something, I would 100% start the conversation about what it would look like to be with you for a year, two years from now, down the road. What would they want if they were here two years from now? Hey, Glenn, two years from now, you're going to be still working me. I just want to play this game. If we're working together in two years, I've got some ideas for you, but what kind of things do you want to be working on at the end of this year? Have you ever had that conversation with someone? And honestly, a year in advance, a long time. But if you have that conversation now, you could revisit it at the end of the year. Hey, Glenn, the beginning of this year, we talked about X, Y, and Z. Have that conversation. And then here's the reason why the intercession banter is so important. They're going to give you clues if they're still going that direction. Because how many times have you had a client that came in to see you because they had a problem, mm -hmm. started feeling better, and they go, you know what? I'm a little fluffy right here. Mm -hmm. This is bothering me. And they start shifting. Right? How many times have you had that? Oh, that frequently. And so what do you do? Like, well, 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 we got to work on this shoulder thing. 
You have a conversation about it. You got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. Glenn, what do you want to talk about? Oh, we could go over so many different things here. I, I mean, I think a really big one, and this comes up frequently, and maybe we don't need to even belabor it too much because I think we've talked about it before, but it's so important um, that uh, I, I don't want to let it slide, which is every session has to be like a first date all over again. So what happens if you think about, uh, you know, your personal relationships in your life or romantic relationships? What, what typically ends up happening? First date, you do your hair nice, you put on some nice clothes, you smell good, trying to put your best foot forward. And what ends up happening over time, you keep seeing this person for three months, six months, a year, you know, 20 years down the line, that effort maybe starts to dwindle a little bit. You start going out in your sweats versus your jeans or you stop complimenting them as much or holding the door open for them like you were doing before. Whatever that kind of little small stuff you're doing for each other was. It's because you're getting more comfortable with each other, you're becoming more, what's the word? Uh, domestic maybe, whatever you want to call it. We tend to end up doing that a lot with our personal training clients. It's kind of like what Brandon alluded to before. Oh, they're on my schedule now, twice a week for the foreseeable future, great. That's done on to the next one. You really have to treat every session with a client like it's the first day. You always have to be putting your best foot forward, giving them as much value as you can every single session. Because what's going to happen down the line? What are we seeing right now? It's the year 2022. Inflation is starting to go up. Gas here it went from $130, $120 two years ago to like what, $150 now, $160? It's, it's, it's getting more expensive. And eventually you have to say to a client, I'm raising my rates. Now, if you're not providing more value, what's their incentive for staying with you other than they like you and you're a professional best friend to them? And that's a whole other story, which I'm sure we'll get to later on. You always have to be putting your best foot forward, regardless of what's going on in your world. And it's not to say that it's not okay to have some banter and to chit chat and to maybe smile and have some fun and some good times. But if you're not constantly doing the reassessments every session, addressing the client's concerns, educating them on what you're doing, making sure that you're on the same boat, making sure they're satisfied with the sessions, making sure you're getting them close to the fundamental objectives. If you're not doing that every session, you're not putting your best foot forward every session, those people are slowly gonna leave your schedule. And like Brandon said before, it's a heck of a lot easier to keep people in your schedule and to bring old ones back in the fold rather than find new people. And that's one of the things that we pride ourselves a lot, a lot on here at Strat is that we have a, a much smaller turnover rate than most other gyms because we have this amazing sales process. We vet people up front. We have them vet us up front. We're always having these constant conversations, reassessments every single session, every uh, standardized every four to uh, 16 to 20 weeks. And it works. It works. So I think there's a really cool thing here, right? We've got the first date and you go on the first date with someone and you guys talk about the things you like, your values and preferences. Well, let's say it's a first sales meeting, right? You're meeting with someone and we're talking about things. In the very first session, you're gonna find out a lot about, you should be finding out a lot about the individual of what they like about exercise, what they don't. Um, what is it that they're there for, right? Most people will come in and say, we have to figure out why they're really here. They say, my shoulder hurts. Great, tell me more about this shoulder. Well, it hurts every time I do X, Y, and Z. I'm so sorry. How important is X, Y, and Z for you? Or can you tell me the significance of X, Y, and Z? Why are you doing X, Y, and Z? Well, to be honest with you, I'm doing these exercises because I'm trying to lose a little bit of body fat because I'm not feeling so good and I heard the exercise that I'm using my shoulder is a great exercise to help me lose body fat. Okay, great. So this entire shoulder thing, I mean, it's very important. I understand that it hurts. What we're really talking about is trying to get you in shape for some conditioning. Is that correct? 
Yes. Okay. Tell me more about, right? So you can see, we're trying to figure out like, why is the person really here? Is it about weight loss and insecurity? Is it about the pain stopping them from doing X, Y, and Z? So let's make it really, really simple, right? Let's say it's the shoulder pain hurts. And since the shoulder hurts, they can't pick up their grandkids. One of my favorite ones. I totally get that. Okay. So we got shoulder pain, can't pick up grandkids, makes them sad. Every single session that they come in, you shouldn't be belaboring the point, but you have to remember every single exercise decision should be driven around the helping them pick up their grandkids or helping the shoulder feel better towards their grandkids and making sure they don't feel sad. Because if it's not about that, which is the reason why they're paying you a ton of money as an expert to help with the problem, you're going to lose them. And that's so, such a powerful point, right? So, and I'd ask you as an exercise, if you want something practical to do with this idea, take any exercise you do, a squat, um, a child's pose, deadlift, I don't care what it is, pick an exercise and try to, with your mouth, alone in your car or wherever you are, rationalize why the exercise that you're going to do with them would absolutely help them towards their shoulder pain, picking up, picking up their grandkid goal. And some of these exercises, you can't. Some of them, you can't. But I'll tell you, it absolutely makes perfect sense to me to make someone do a large compound lower body movement like a squat or a leg press to help this person pick up their grandkids. Hey, listen, Glenn, I know you want to pick up your grandkids. Totally. Very important. I have an idea for you. One of the things we're going to do is we've done some work on the shoulder. It's already a little tired. We're going to go over to this leg press and squat machine so we can work on some lower body muscles. So if we get them stronger, you can fold up a little bit easier. Maybe take a little bit of load off the shoulder when you're going down to these squats. Maybe help with posture a bit and ultimately get you more out of picking up the kids and make it easier for you. So come on over. Super simple. That took me 15 seconds to say. All that was jam-packed with value. I don't need to say anything else. And what they can ask is they can ask a question. Wait, hold on a second. How is this going to help me with my... Now we're in the session. Now we're building value. And now we truly have expert status towards helping them towards this. And I think that's such a, such a powerful, pivotal moment. Because if you start shifting it and you're talking about my shoulder hurts and you go, we need to get your calves stronger so your feet don't cramp at night. And they're like, cool. My shoulder, <laughs> it's going to be a problem. We need to make sure we stay on train with that. I don't know. Does that sound locus? What do you think? No, no, no. It make, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean... And this really comes down to what you're talking about from first principles, which is you ought to be able to rationalize everything that you're doing in the session. And like, you know, hot tip for everybody. If you are doing exercises for your clients and you don't have a rationality for them, this is a bit of a red flag here. Because a very, very easy thing to do, and I honestly, I think I could, I'll speak for myself and maybe for Brandon as well, the education that we do with our clients for every exercise we choose, and Brandon and I do try to educate every single time but why we're doing an exercise, if you already know why you picked it because you have a really great assessment process and you, you know logically and rationally why that exercise is gonna be good for them, all you have to do is explain in ways that they're gonna understand why you picked that exercise for them. That's it. And it's really, really simple, and it adds a ton of value. So I don't think you're crazy at all, Brandon. I mean, let's just—it's the way—it's the way to do things. Is this should be this ought to be a rational exercise process? And if you're an exercise dispenser and you're just giving people the same exercise and every session looks the same, I'd really ask you to reevaluate how you're thinking about what it is that you're doing, and and your thought process because. Uh, you're not treating every client the same. And whether you can rationalize it or not, eventually that's going to come forward in the fact that your clients probably aren't getting to the goals as quickly as they could be, as optimally as they could be, because they're doing the same thing as everyone else. And like, granted, 
most people are going to feel great just by doing exercises that feel good if they're not exercising, but we still want to be helping them get to where they want to go optimally. That's why they're willing to invest in you, right? For those reasons. And this is where I think, you know, I love the idea of try, don't try to push a boulder uphill is that we're going to have these clients that have fundamental objectives, but they're also going to have financial constraints mm. and time constraints like the gentleman that Glenn was talking about and pretty much every client that you're probably ever going to work with. And so why that's powerful is if you've got a client that's seeing you three times a week and for you like three times a week turns into this much money for me, uh, they want to go down to twice. Dang, I'm about to find another person, right? If you're thinking about that and you try and push them into three times a week, what's, what's going to happen, right? You can try to upsell them for a period of time, but if it's on their mind that they want to stop spending as much money, they want to still spend money to help get to their goal, but they don't want to spend as much, you're going to be trying to push this boulder uphill and it's not going to go well. But if you've got a client who's like, listen, I don't want to come three times a week right now, it's a lot, but what I'm prepared to do is come twice a week and then come to the gym once on my own, which will actually save me $150, that would be much better for me. Go that direction. Because I'll tell you for sure, I would much rather have one client forever than a client for 12 weeks and then never again. Hmm. And that's where I think the real value is with this kind of like high level ex expert. If you're charging 150 as a trainer, over $100 and in your town, the regular cost is $65 an hour. It's going to be hard in a small suburban town like we are, even a city when you're charging more than everyone else to justify that higher price point forever for everyone. But if you can triage your services and have different entry points uh, and different exit points, so to speak, to keep people in and around indefinitely, that's a win. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I work off the assumption that when people start with me at a high volume, that they're going to drop down eventually. I, that's the assumption that I work off of. And like that does a couple things for me. One, helps me set up the long-term future so that they understand how they can exercise and take care of their body, how they can do things so that when they do say, hey, Glenn, I'm thinking about taking the amount of time uh, in the gym down a little bit. I feel like I'm really, really good. I want to learn some stuff. Great. I already know that's coming. It's not going to surprise me at all. I'm not going to have that icky feeling. I mean, it helps me guide how I'm going to teach them how to do the exercises. And it's like Brandon said, at the end of the day, I mean, my schedule isn't filled with people who see me two or three times a week, even though I have a lot of those people. Up front, most of those people say to me, eventually, I'm thinking I'm probably going to want to do more of my stuff on my own. I'm like, great. Let's figure out how to get you there and chart a course and plot. And people see tremendous value in that. And they're going to want to stick around. They're going to want to work with you because they don't feel forced in the corner. I mean, at the end of the day, if you are pushing somebody to a direction that they don't want to go, they're going to pull away even, far, even harder, even farther. And it's crazy. But if you go the opposite direction where like you come out from the gate saying like, listen, my goal eventually is to have you self-sufficient here and only have to see me once in a while. And those people are like, oh, this person's not just trying to take my money. They're, they're not just about you know, training me hourly, they want me to be more self-sufficient, that's going to actually want to have them work with you even more. It's amazing how that psychology works. There's a funny thing with that I think is really powerful. It reminds me of, so I don't know if they're still doing this, but one of the large commercial chains in our town was 100% committed on only selling large personal training packages. So if you were a client and you came in and you said, I want to come and see a trainer once every two weeks for six months, they would say, I'm oh, sorry, we don't have anything for that you need to see a trainer at least twice a week for a year. And unfortunately, we don't have anything else available. So they were trying to sell higher ticket packages, give more commissions to the trainers, and that's all fine. But what that did and what it does is it pushes a lot of people away who can't afford that or are stressed out about that price port or unsure if they want to be locked into a contract. I know at the gym here, we've got a few dozen people, literally, who got pushed away from that idea, see me or someone else here maybe once a month and have a membership and have been contributing gross income of like 150 to $200 per month 
for five, six plus years. So if you think about that, that's not a lot of money per month, but they've been contributing, say, $2,400 a year gross to this business and a trainer for years. So if Good Life looked at it in that sense, oopsies, and they look at it in that sense and they go, okay, listen, I can either make 12 grand this year and never see this person again, or I could have this person long-term invested and have more of these long-term people. I think that's a pretty cool thing to be considering. And that's one of the things I like is that don't push someone up a, up a hill. Don't force someone into a corner. If you can or find an organic relationship that keeps people around longer, how nice would it be to have one hour forever per month versus a busy 12 weeks and then not at all? Anyway, this is a great um, opportunity and option for those people that do work at these gyms. I know a lot of people that listen to this Oops. podcast are, are it's, okay, it's all good, are entrepreneurs, either own their own spaces, they're independent contractors, but I know uh, there's a few people, and we have them even in the mentorship right now, who do work at uh, gyms where they are chains. And there's a great opportunity for you here because a lot of your clients are going to come from new members coming into the gym. And I know the model that you're probably typically shown, because I worked at one of these gyms as well, is the package model. And no one ever talks about these multiple destinations. It never really comes up. But it's, very, it's still very easy within your uh, system there to create multiple destinations. Like if someone does end up, end up buying 50 sessions and you do get the sense it is getting expensive for them, they're not gonna renew, why can't you offer them something where you say to them, hey, you've got a gym membership. We've been doing great work. Here's what I want to do. Instead of you continuing to see me twice a week for the next 25 weeks for the next 50 session package, why don't we bring it down to once a week? And then I'm happy to do some programming for you uh, every month. And that way you can get the most out of your membership at the gym here because I know you're not using it as much and we can still see each other, make sure you're getting towards your goals and you'll get more for your value, more for your money. What do you think? And you can create that any number of different ways that you want to, right? Just because they bought 50 sessions, it doesn't mean they have to do that twice a week. Why can't you see them every other week or, or, or every other month or once a month or whatever that is? There's nothing wrong with doing it that way. And I'm, and listen, talk to your head trainer or whatever they're called, sales manager, and see and put that proposal out. Because at the end of the day, your head trainer, the people that run the gym, their job is to make money for the gym. Make money for the gym. I mean, ultimately, the bottom line, that's what shareholders want to see, owners want to see, is money's being made. Do you think gym owners want to see clients leave their gym? No, because they know what we know. It's seven times more likely for you to keep business and do repeat business than there is to find new clients. So come up with some of the strategies. Get creative. Think outside the box. Think outside the box. So I want to, Glenn, this is a talking point you brought up, but I think it's a great conversation piece as a segue here. And we, if you've been listening to the Minds on Muscle show between when we were doing this more for Strata and before we pivoted to talk more about helping trainers because, I mean, we're just super biased and love that stuff. We want you to two to three X your business. Um, professional relationships versus uh, professional best friends. Mm. Where's your mind at with this these days? This is a tough one because I know you and I have gone back and forth on this one a couple times. And uh, I think it kind of depends on, on who you are, uh, A, and B, where you're at in your career. I mean, it really depends on you. And so when we talk about being a professional versus being a professional best friend, what we're really talking about is are you the kind of personal trainer or exercise professional that spends the session talking and chatting and having conversation about life and being a therapist or a friend of sorts to your client that's in front of you while you do exercise with them? Or 
are you on the professional end where you're doing all the stuff that we are talking about, where it's uh, a very technical session, it's very education based, you are constantly reassessing, you are acting like a professional, you're dressed appropriately, you're interacting appropriately, where do you fall on that? And I, you know, this is still where I am at personally, but I think that if this is the first time you're hearing this, you're gonna wanna probably veer one more, more, one, more to the professional than the unprofessional end. Here's what I'm getting at, because I know I'm getting kind of convoluted here, so just give me, the, give me a moment. I think that you have to be a professional in your sessions. However, you can let more of yourself and more of your personality and conversation bleed out into the session, but it can never, ever be at the cost of that client moving forward optimally towards their fundamental objective and making sure they're getting value out of the sessions. And I think Brandon would agree that when you look at my sessions versus when you look at his, I think mine might appear, I don't wanna say the word is laissez-faire, but there's definitely, I think, a little bit more, sometimes a little bit more socializing or chatting in mind. Would you say that's, that's accurate, Brandon? How would you say, when you look at how I do my sessions, yeah, you're nodding along, yes, right? Now, there's some more of that in my sessions. For whatever reason, the kind of people that I attract, they, they like that and they want that kind of environment when they're here. But for me, in between all of that, I'm still always t touching base every session. How are you feeling? Are we getting close to your fundamental objective? Are you perfectly happy with this? Do you feel like we're getting towards where you wanna go optimally? These are questions I'm asking every single time. And I've gone to both spectrums. When I started, I was very professional friend therapist. And I've gone to full like professional, I wanna say the word is I'm very like straight faced, tight laced, almost like I wanna say like a doctor. I've been on that spectrum of things and I'm falling in a place now where I'm being able to manage myself and my identity and who I am in my role as a personal trainer at a level that works for my clients and it works well for them. And I am constantly paying attention to this and seeing what works and what doesn't. My recommendation would be, if this is the first time you're hearing of, hearing of this and you're not really sure where you fall, really consider the professionalism of a doctor or a dentist. And you may want to try to start embodying more of those qualities, right? Dentists, I think, are a great example because they always come and ask you how you're doing. They always build a little rapport, but then they get down to work. They ask you some questions about flossing, but in between asking about questions about flossing and doing your teeth, they ask you about how your life is. But you know what they don't do, Brandon? And this is key. They don't make the sessions ever about themselves. They don't make the sessions about themselves. When I'm talking to my clients, I'm gonna say this now because I know I've been going on a little bit here. When I talk to my clients and we do have conversations in the sessions, it's more about what's going on in their world. What books are they reading? You know, what movies are they enjoying right now? Hey, I really, I'm really thrilled to hear that's going really, really well right now. If it's okay with you, we, we've about hit the amount of rest time I want to have between these exercises. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but can we get this next one here? I just want to make sure that we're getting you towards your goals. Is that okay with you? It is? Awesome. Let's keep going. So that's kind of how I'm looking at this right now, Brandon. I do encourage everyone to be and thinking about embodying that really professional role and then finding what the appropriate level is for you to let more of your identity bleed in there. But there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. And if your sessions just seem like a lot more fun and enjoyable than they are about helping the client get towards where they want to go, that's going to be a problem long term. Yeah, you know, I think it's a tough, I, I, you know, I think it's a tough thing to figure out we talk about first date and last date syndrome mm -hmm. is, you know, how to carry yourself intra session. And there's so many variables that simply, I mean, one, you want to make sure the client's having a good experience. I mean, that's like 
that's absolutely king. I think the real, when we talk about the devils and the details, I think finding and seeing, you know, when you're looking at retention mm-hmm. and long-term relationships, I have spent 17 years like trying to reassess how I present and conduct myself with clients. And I definitely would say that I have a much more mechanist physician style like approach with my clients where we do talk about some personal things, but those personal things are congenial to build some rapport, but ultimately we're here for the exercise. And where that's worked well for me is ensuring that whomever I'm with is feeling 100% in my opinion, the value of what direction that we're going. And it's worked well for retention for me in that in my client list, I mean, I, I literally just accepted my first new client um, in nine months uh, the other day, and it's a wife of someone. And everyone else that has is in my client list are people who are consistently with me for three, four, five. I had someone on Saturday for 17 years. And I think that's the real proof in the pudding is that Glenn's got something right now. I mean, it's working really good for you. You got a really good relationship with these people. Um, and I'd say this with you, and I'd say this with anybody is that. When we're talking about retention and you've got these, you have these way that you are and it feels really good right now, what I would encourage is if you've got 10 hours of people, 10 different people, you know, are all these 10 people still with you a year from now, three years from now, five years from now? And if you find at the end of a year, these 10 people, for example, they're not with you and they're decreasing their frequency really, really rapidly, that might be an opportunity to go, okay, wait a second. What was the initial impression these people got? What was the fundamental objective? How did I carry myself in these sessions? And it, that, that is important. It's very, very important. You know, it's the going to the dentist for me, when I go to the dentist using your analogy, the dentist that gets the business and he gets right. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. How are the kids? Great. Okay. Let's get to it. That's for me. I want to get right to it and make sure that I'm being taken care of. So it's tough, but I will say this one track, because if you're tracking all these people, I mean, I would encourage you if you got 20 people, Go, okay, I'm not sure how to act, act in slightly different ways with these two, 10 people and these other 10 people and see how that works for retention for you. Juggle that with reassessment. There is something that I'll say that I think is really important. We've talked about this before and I've talked about it in a few of our professional communication study groups, something I call the rapport continuum. Mm-hmm. And when someone enters into your system, um, they need to be consistently inundated with the messaging and the almost physician style, very simple. What is your fundamental objective and what are we trying to do? And then they go through your assessment and your process. And, and over months, you start dabbling a little bit more of yourself into the session, not a lot, but enough that, in my opinion, the person gets to know who you are. I've got a bunch of clients, a bunch that I'm seeing today that have been with me for more than five years and several of which I would say have become friends of mine. But the first year or two was not that same vein. I wouldn't go to their house and I wouldn't do this thing. I wouldn't tell them too much about my kids, but they've learned more because it's been five plus years and I spend more time with them each week than I do a lot of family members. That continuum has exponentially hyperbolically, hyperbolically grown that we know more about each other. At the end of the day, there's something that's just so important, right? It's not about how much you use in the session. It's not about what you talk about. It's about is the conversation and the actual exercise session giving a client the experience that's moving towards their results. And if that's going that direction, the retention level will be higher and you'll see that. And that'll be a really powerful thing. So I know we've kind of gone back and forth on this in different ways, but I think the most important thing is however you carry yourself should be assessed, tracked, and see. I think you, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. I thought you were done. I heard the pause there. Yeah, so I think that's the big thing. You know, it's um, it's interesting because I, I have I have one more small thought on this, and then I think it's probably time for us to get to our favorite segment of of every of every episode. Mm-hmm. Is there are some people 
that have absolutely magical personalities. Now, I've never met this man, but I hear Ben talk about him every other week, which is Peter Chason. And I've heard you say before, Peter Chason's the kind of guy that could charge like $200 an hour for his time and eat McCain cake in between sessions. And like people would see that. and, and Don't would, do that. And, but exactly. <laughs> so, and, and, and the fact that Brian just said that kind of highlights what I want to bring up here, which is there are some people that have this, I'm going to call it an amazing X factor. And I don't know what it is about them, but it's something about them and their light shines and they make it work and they can be professional and they can be fun and they can do crazy stuff like eat McCain cake in front of clients or with them or whatever and still have people see incredible value in what they do. That for me comes down to one of two things. Some people, that's their gift. We all have different gifts that we're born with, these natural raw talents, and we can chisel them out over time. And I think that might have been, without knowing, one of Peter's magical talents. I'm willing to put that out there. You could tell me if that is or not. The rest of us who may not have that talent, it comes down to hard work. And like Brandon said, tracking and identifying where we should have our boundaries, what skill sets we need to work on, and how we can continue to grow to give our clients the best experience. Just because someone that you love can do that doesn't mean you'll be able to, right? There's a guy online, I think it's like Athlete Lean X or something like that, Jack guy, like 4.2 million views every week, um, does everything shirtless, has got a certain energy about him, and that's going to work for him. I couldn't do that. And I, th I think very few people could do that and see that level of success. And so anyways, if you're one of those rare people and you know it, power to. If you're not, you really got to identify, chills on track some of this stuff out. Brian, is there anything else you want to put out there before we let this one uh, wrap up? Because honestly, I think I've said everything I wanted to, and this has been, for me, at least one of my favorite ones that we've done so far. All I'll say with that is that however you see your mentor conduct themselves, if you see someone like Peter for me who did have that charismatic X factor that not a lot of people have, don't try to copy it. Don't mm. try to emulate it. Don't go, that's what a professional is. That's what one version of a professional is. In my opinion, everything I talk about, I try to create it in, in the most reproducible way so that way if Glenn wants to extrapolate some of the communication stuff within professional sessions and Taylor wants to and Chris, they can observe what I'm doing and hear me talk about it. And most of the stuff I'm doing is reproducible, right? There's elements of my personality and charisma that is in there, but being able to ask questions about an exercise and figuring out what direction it's going and rationalizing towards the goal and exercise towards someone's a fundamental objective and ensuring that the entire session is towards someone's principal objective of posture or feeling better, whatever it is, that's all reproducible stuff. So if you're like, well, where do I start? Make the session about the client and their goals, no matter what. And even if they lean to you and go, hey, how's your dog doing? Heard you had that plumbing thing. Is everything going okay? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Thank you so much. Congenial, right? This is a Tom Purvisism. Keep it congenial, short, answer the question, give them a little bit of detail, and then go right back. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah, the plumbing issue is resolved. It was a pain in the ass, but ultimately we're doing pretty good. Anyway, listen, this squat, and that's all you need to do, and you will build that rapport. But try not to be the comedian. Try not to go over the top with that because what you don't want to do is, like Glenn said earlier, when you go to raise your rates, you don't want your rate raise to be based off of you telling better jokes. You want it to be based off of the product that you're providing. Your jokes, your funness, your movie knowledge, your drum knowledge, whatever it is, your family and your kids, that will not increase in inflation value like the market does. Your ability to provide a service that meets the marketplace is where you'll see that inflation. So make sure it's all about that. I think that's a big, big, big thing. But at the same time, have fun. That's it. But the right amount of fun. Yeah. Hey, Glenn, what's your pick of the week? 
My pick of the week, I thought about this one because a couple of times I, I've been coming to these forgetting that we do pick of the week and I've been on my feet. Um, my pick of the week this week is YouTube. And my pick of the week is YouTube because we are in an age now where there is information everywhere. I'm so ecstatic and blessed that we have the internet, that we have the kind of connectivity that we do. And I know, um, you know, sometimes social media and YouTube and these other communication conglomerates get a bad rap. But one of the beautiful things that it's done for us is that YouTube has given you the opportunity to learn anything, anything that you want to and you can think of. There are millions of people on YouTube that have channels that are trying to create content that you want to see so you can learn how to do stuff. We had a water he issue heater the other day at our house and I could literally Google up Brunei water heater, air code 25, what do I do? And I got information on what I needed to do. Right, I'm constantly looking at different ways to like grow our Facebook group. So I Google, how do I grow my Facebook group? And I can get information, right? There's so many different things that you can do. This is the best time to be an entrepreneur. You can and do have all the tools available at your, at your fingertips thanks to the internet. And you can learn how to use all of those tools thanks to YouTube. So next time you have a problem and you're not sure what to do, you don't know who to call, go to YouTube. Search it, see what's up there. Teach yourself and learn because at the end of the day, all the information in the world is literally on YouTube at this point and, uh, and you can learn some stuff. So, I mean, check it out. And, you know, Fitness Pro Mentors, our podcast is on there too. Look it up. Look up Fitness Pro Mentors podcast. You'll see us there. You can watch all of us, all these episodes, watch us talk, learn some more about this, get caught up on this, see how we interact. It's fun, I think. But anyways, Brandon, my pick of the week is YouTube. I 100% I live off I would rather watch most things on YouTube than most Netflix and other series I love learning stuff rather um, there's another guy Jerry Riggs everything who's a type of engineer I don't learn anything that's practical toward my life but he's turning a Hummer into an electric Hummer right now and watching him go through that and talk about the science of it I love it so there's a lot of incredible stuff on YouTube go YouTube go YouTube Brandon pick of the week mine's a business one uh, and it's something that's super pragmatic to the retention conversation but I think it's important um, is resurrections and resurrecting clients uh, we talked about this on different episodes and I will say this that my business and a lot of our students business that are busy like 25 hours plus consistent what you want to have happen is you're going to have a natural attrition to your business where people are going to decrease frequency. People are going to go to Florida. People are going to move away. They're getting older. The reason why all of this conversation we talked about today, front loading it is so important is that if you are, are so professional and consistent toward a fundamental objective and you set expectations well, even when someone ghosts you and leaves, if you've done such a great job, people, people will come back because you are the expert on that particular thing. And when they come back, they'll realize the things you talked about were all very true, especially if you're doing a great scientific delivery and you're being very honest. And so for me, the majority of my business, like I told you, I haven't accepted one new client. I've had some new people come in. I had different people enter my schedule and people leave. I've had recently three client resurrections at the same time as I had some people traveling off to Florida. So my schedule hasn't changed at all. In fact, it's gotten busier. And those people who are coming back, some ghosted me two years ago. One ghosted me five years ago. But it was because of the things we talked about then and the way I conducted myself then emulated a character and vision and objective direction that lines up to where we are today. So I would encourage you, this conversation we had today, the sales copy conversation Glenn and I have had, the communication episode, I mean, really every month's on Muscle episode, I would take everything we talk about and employ it right away as much as you can, because I'll tell you, if you do a great job today, you won't reap the benefits of the resurrections immediately tomorrow, but you will the day after. 
And so resurrections from a business perspective are one of my favorite things. It is the fastest way to get busier. So yeah, resurrections. Beautiful. Everyone. Happy birthday to Glenn. That's good. We got it. It's my birthday. We got it. We got (laughs) it, everyone. We got it. Everyone, this has been another episode of the Minds on Muscles show, part of the Fitness Pro Mentors Network. Listen, we want to help you two and three times your business. We want to work with people like you, people who want to help other people lose body fat, improve the way they feel, get to all their health and fitness goals, and we're always happy to have conversations with you. So if you would ever like to chat about two or three times in your business, let Brandon know, let myself know. We'd always be happy to sit down and chat with you. Just give you some ideas. And if you're listening to this for the first time on Spotify or podcast, join the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group for a bunch of free training worth thousands of dollars of value. If you join, you don't feel like you're getting thousands of dollars of value. Let me know. I'll kick you out and I'll send you some money. Just kidding. Anyway, talk to you soon. Fitness Pro Mentors podcast. Take care, everybody.